Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry, addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we are inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And tonight, can you believe it? We bring you part 25 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This important, essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been maligned, attacked. It's even been denied. And it's been eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. So the big question is, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine? particularly in our churches, and what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. We always appreciate how you allow God to use you. Uh, in a mighty way, we're contending for the faith. And uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. So we want to encourage everybody to get your Bibles and get your pens and get your paper and get to a desk and enter into Bible uh, college training as well as seminary training. We believing in equipping people for the work of the Lord. And we know that if we don't get equipped, we will get whipped by the enemy. So we want to encourage you to get your hearts prepared to hear what God has to say and uh, what he's going to do in your life. And as Brother Gary said, we are at part 25. And what a series this has been on uh, the Trinity. And now we are covering the closing aspects of this series with Trinitarian texts. And uh, there is a verse of scripture, uh, and I want to give you the chapter. I'll give you the verse in a minute. 
There is a verse of scripture that's found in Ephesians chapter 4. If you care to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll give you some time to turn there, but this verse of scripture um, shouts out at us regarding the Trinity, a Trinitarian text, in a very unique way, very, very unique way. This one verse of scripture is fully loaded. Uh, it is loaded more than a double-barrel shotgun uh, because it's a spiritual shotgun that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment and lead us to the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And so we want to call your attention to Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, one verse of scripture, and that's verse 6. Now, before I read that, I want to say this, that within the nature of the one God, where do you find Trinity or Trinitarian texts in one verse of scripture? Did you get that now? That's an interesting way to phrase this. Let me say it again. Within the nature of the one true God, this is the question. Where do you find, notice what I say, Trinity or Trinitarian text in one verse of Scripture? That's a very unique way to say it, because in this one verse of Scripture, you find the Trinity and Trinitarian text. It's all laid out. So if you want to witness to somebody about the Godhead and the Trinity and the Trinitarian text, it's fully loaded in this one verse of scripture. Because how often do you hear somebody teach this one verse of scripture and they mention Trinity and Trinitarian text together? Because uh, it lays it out from that perspective. Where do we get the word Trinity in the sense of Trinity laying out the Trinity as a one God. Well, in verse 6 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says one God. Well, we've learned in this series on the Trinity that there is one God. Though, So we define the Trinity the best way we can, because you can't really fully define who God is. But the best way we have done it in this series is within the nature of the one true God. There are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent. So here it lays out the one God. Notice that, one God. We don't believe in two, three, four, five gods like uh, Hinduism and Mormonism and New Age movement and all these false, many false religions and even Jehovah's Witnesses. You say, Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, because they say that, uh, you know, the Father is the uh, super God and that Jesus was a God. You find that in the New World Translation, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was a God, a little g. That's what Joe Witnesses say in their New World Translation. So they believe in a polytheism, believe in uh, many gods. And then the nation of Islam, they believe in many gods because all black uh, Muslims, males, they say that they can become gods. The world is going crazy with this thing. And you say to yourself, you say, 
where did this false teaching start? I oftentimes will ask my Bible students, where did this false teaching where you can become a God originated from? That's a really good question. You ever thought about that? Where did this false teaching come from that you can believe that you can become a God? Well, the devil in the Garden of Eden told Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will become as gods, knowing good and evil. It originated with Satan in the Garden of Eden. And you know what? Not only have Eve and Adam bit into that deceptive fruit, but there are people in cults, false religions, still biting into it. And then there are people that may not be involved with a religion, but they see themselves as God. And they uh, are into materialism, secularism, and humanism. And that's their God. People got gods all over the place, but they don't have the one God. This is talking about there's only one God. You know, Paul talks about that. Jesus talked about that. And, uh, you know, Moses talked about that one God. Now, notice what it says in uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 6. One God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One God. That's the Trinity right there. Now, as you continue to read, it's the Trinitarian text that follows that. Who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the Trinity right there. And you say, well, how in the world is that the Trinity? Well, let me, let me share with you how this is the Trinity. Because it says the Father of all, and it says who is above all. So the Father is the creator. He's the organizer. He's the one that planned and Jesus executed the plan and the Holy Spirit continues to fulfill the plan. Now, God, the Father, is above all. Now, he's above all. Why? Because he's the creator of all. He's above all religions. He's above all cults. He's above all problems. You ever thought about that? All problems in your life, he's above all that, and you can trust in him to get you through no matter what you're going through, my friend. And uh, he's above all, and why? Because there's none like him. There's nobody else like him. That's why the book of Isaiah is a, like a type of gospel of John. You know, it talks about I am he. Besides me, there is no other. He's above all. There's none like him. None like him. And then that's talking about God the Father, who is above all. Now, where do you get God the Son? And through all. Well, that's God the Son. He is uh, through all because God created all things by him and through him. He was the one who stepped out on nothing, grabbed a handful of nothing, threw nothingness nowhere, and nothingness became a universe. That is Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, John talks about all things created by him. The word by is through him. And also Colossians talked about he's created all things. I mean, through him, God created all things. And then notice what it says, and in you all. What is that talking about? God, the Holy Spirit. He's in you all. He's in us all. You say, is that true? Yes. Now, listen to this carefully. Um, when you 
accept Jesus into your life as your personal Savior and Lord, and you confess your sins and you repent of your sins, turn from something to him, turn from your sins. Then he come, the Holy Spirit takes resident and you got to allow him to become president. So he comes in to your life, the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit don't want to just be in you. He want to be up on you. Amen. That's good preaching, isn't it? He don't want to just be in you. A lot of Christians have the Holy Spirit just in them. But you need to go a step further and have the Holy Spirit upon you. You say, where is that? Well, that's in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, when the, uh, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will come upon you, epi, upon you, and you will be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts in Jerusalem, and the uttermost parts of the world, the earth. Holy Spirit in you. Now, you should get the book Secret Powers by Dwight Lyman Moody because he really lays this thing out about power. Oh, we need power. And when I'm teaching my students, I start preaching in the class. Power, oh, how we need power. Because churches today, many of them are powerless. We need power to be bold regarding the things of God. We need power. We need the Holy Spirit not only in us, but upon us. And Dwight Lemon Moody in his book, Secret Powers, he says, many Christians are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. And he says, there has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. And uh, so we find in Acts chapter 1, Holy Spirit was promised. Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit came upon them. And then Acts chapter 3, <laughs> they became leaky vessels. And then Acts chapter 4, Holy Spirit came upon them again. Because in walking in the spirit, then you have power. God wants to give you power of uh, exousia, and that's authority. It says in John 1 and 12, authority, that's one Greek word for power. And then the second Greek word for power is dunamis. That's where you get the English word dynamite. That's in Acts 1 and 8. Power, we need power in our lives to touch this lost world today, to touch lost people, to bring them to Christ. We need power. And how do we get that power? Confess our sins. Right now, pray with me. If you're listening to this message right now, I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord, I confess my sins because sins have gotten in the way of me getting power in my life. Lord, I confess my sins and I don't only confess my sins, I repent. I turn from my sins and turn to you. Come not only in my life, but upon my life to make a change in this world. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says and to the churches regarding power upon the Christian life. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it is time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. 
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry over the many, many years that we've been on the air. We know it's a result of so many uh, folks praying consistently for, for what we're doing here. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, and your prayers have availed much much over the years. And we also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us through your financial giving. It's cost us 400 a week to remain on the air. We're just happy to report right now that we are caught up and in the black and we want to stay that way. So we need you to be consistent in your prayers as well as being consistent in giving to this ministry. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, First, you can Write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is just so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. You know, at the end of the broadcast, I always like to say, you know, send us a note of encouragement. Let us know how the program has blessed you. And I think, Dr. Buckner, you wanted to read one of the notes that we had received over the week uh, that we felt was a blessing. Yes. uh, Thank you, Brother Gary. And we are Greatly appreciative of all of you, with, as Brother Gary said, with your prayers and your ongoing support. You, it means the world to us because uh, we can just have the confidence that not only God is with us, but the assurance that his hand is upon what we're doing. And he always comes through every week and weekend for us to be back on the air. And we are praying for God to expand our territory And we never know when somebody out there has been blessed financially who may say, I believe in this ministry and God has blessed me financially. And I want to see you guys not only every day on, but uh, go across the world to share the gospel and continue for the faith all around the world. So we never know uh, what God is going to do, Brother Gary. And we've been praying for God to expand that territory. Amen. He can do it. Amen. And uh, so, yeah, as you said, we got a wonderful uh, letter, uh, and uh, the sister always sends a wonderful letter, and we want to encourage you to always send some encouraging letters, uh, along with your finances, because it blesses us. But Sandra, she sent this wonderful letter. She says, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner, thank you for reminding us to sanctify God and your heart according to the scripture. It touched me deeply when you said that and reminded me to love God deeply, not just with words. Contending for the faith is such an inspiration to me and deeply than other programs on the radio. God bless you and guide you, Sandy. What a beautiful, wonderful letter, Gary. And I tell you, every mm-hmm. time we get letters like this, it encourages us and blesses us well. And you know, Dr. Buckner, I know... Um, we always talk about the importance of prayer and I really feel led that we need to pray for your sister who has had a stroke. And I think that uh, we want to encourage the listening audience to agree with us in prayer um, for your sister, Bobby Redford. 
So can we have a quick word on our behalf? Yes, that, would be, that would be great uh, for us to do that. And my sister, that's 10 years older than me. Uh, so we, we would uh, want everybody to join us now. Can you lead us, Brother Gary, on that? Yes, for sure. Lord, we just lift up Dr. Buckner's sister, Bobby Redford. And, and Lord God, you are the great physician. You've never lost a case. You're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. And Lord God, you, you're in the business of working miracles. And we just pray, just like uh, the woman who had an issue of blood, she knew if she could just reach out and touch the hem of your garment. We just pr pray that these prayers would go up and touch the hem of your garment. And Lord God, that healing virtue would flow into Bobby right now, Lord God, that you would restore her and heal those parts of her body that have become damaged, Lord God. You wrote the DNA code in her body. You are intimate with every cell because you made every cell in her body and you know how to repair them. And so, Lord God, we just pray that you would touch her from the crown of her head to the bottom of her soul and bring healing, life, restoration, and wholeness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank everybody out there in Radio Lab for uh, praying for my sister, and we'll keep everybody posted on how she's doing and how your prayers are affecting her as well. Well, I guess we should get to some of the callers, right? Uh, I guess we should. Uh, let's see. We got Rick on line one. Hello there, Brother Rick. How are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourselves? Well, we're truly blessed just having a wonderful time here in the Lord and, and thanking God for the opportunity every Saturday to bless his name through teaching. So we appreciate uh, each uh, weekend you calling as well. And uh, what's on your what's on your heart tonight? What you have a question? I have a question. And one of the things we notice in the uh, New Testament, especially Jesus talks about it. It talks about everlasting punishment, and it's very common in the New Testament. But the problem is, where is it in the Old Testament? Because well, that's, that's a, very, a challenge. Yeah, that's a very good question. And um, this seems to baffle a lot of uh, Christians because they're saying, you know, the New Testament seems to be very clear on eternal punishment and judgment. Uh, but what about the Old Testament? What's going on there? Well, the Old Testament, if you were to flip to the other side, it really doesn't talk that much about uh, heaven. Uh, it talks a lot about the promised land and stuff like that. Uh, people believed in the promised land. They believed that, uh, you know, uh, in that God had a place uh, that they would go to be with him and that sort of thing. Uh, but it was not very clear to them until uh, Jesus, uh, after his death, he went down and uh, preached to all the Old Testament saints. And I believe he confirmed a lot of things down there and probably that subject matter, too, because he's taking them to heaven. So he's going to explain that thing to them that they were pretty much in the dark about. Uh, but so it's an issue that heaven is not really talked about a lot in the Old Testament and uh, and judgment. But if and there are some people who try to say uh, that there are like three positions uh, when uh, a, pe a people die, they say that some people believe that when they die, that, that there will be eternal punishment. And then others say there'll be annihilation. And then others say, 
that uh, God will literally forgive uh, them and give them a second chance. Uh, that's what uh, people, some people hold, and even some preachers hold that position and, and Bible teachers. But I don't hold it. I, I hold that there is a heaven and a hell, and uh, and I have to be uh, consistent with that because Jesus taught that. But to answer your question, because this is like a trivia question, so people can uh, ask even their church congregation, where in the Old Testament does the word uh, everlasting uh, punishment or it alludes to that, that gives us confirmation that there's some place in the Bible. The only real clear place that speaks of this is in Daniel chapter 12. And if everybody can turn to Daniel chapter 12, in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, you know, Daniel is prophesying regarding the future uh, and even regarding Christ. So a lot of things he's saying is, is, is true. Uh, and so in, in Daniel 12 and verse 2, and many of them that slept in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life. There is the word there, everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, contempt means punishment. That means uh, even though it doesn't use the word punishment, it, it means uh, judgment and punishment. So here you have everlasting life. Uh, some will awake. Uh, they had a glimpse of this through the Holy Spirit. Some will awake to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt, which means judgment. So the word everlasting is mentioned uh, two times regarding those who believe and those who don't. And it fits consistently what Jesus taught in uh, Matthew 25 uh, when he talked about everlasting punishment. So uh, so hopefully that helps out. And it's something that uh, most Christians need to be equipped and trained in and educated in so that you can use it because you never know when somebody may throw that argument at you and you need to be uh, good apologists and educated on the Word of God. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. No, I appreciate it. I think what's very interesting is when you bring up Daniel, he really, he really links, uh, he really links everybody from the Jewish people all the way to the Gentiles to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He, he is one of the most interesting links of all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have uh, any prayer requests uh, that we can pray for you before we uh, get to our next caller? Yes. Uh, pray, pray for my pray for my mother Jacqueline, mm-hmm. my my sister Linda, and my mother's husband Ed Ed Blumenthal. Pray that uh, they they have a chance to open up and uh, just hear what we have to say. Amen. And also well, pray for my mother's health. Yes. Pray for pray for her her, her healing. Mm-hmm. And keep her keep her around that. Well, that's a good prayer request, and we'll be praying for you as well. And we want to say to your mother, Happy Mother's Day. We want to say to all of the mothers out there, uh, from Gary and I and all the other uh, people that uh, loves this ministry, we want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Spend time with your mother. Uh, if she's gone to be with the Lord, then uh, cherish the teachings as well as the memories and the spirit that still lives within 
uh, your heart regarding her. And uh, praise the Lord. So, Brother Gary, you want to go before the Lord in prayer regarding Rick's prayer request? Sure, absolutely. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We just pray, Lord God, that you continue to keep him encouraged, that you continue to keep him in good health, that you keep his spirits high, Lord God, that you would always be present in his life, that you would always be encouraging him in his walk, that you, Lord God, would continue to give him fresh insights into your word. And we pray, Lord God, that you just uh, give him a sense of your overwhelming joy that just uh, permeate his being, Lord God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord God, just fill him with your joy. We pray for his his mother, Jacqueline, and we pray for his sister, Linda, and uh, dad, Ed, that they would come to a saving knowledge of you, Lord God, that uh, as well as to keep his mother in good health, Lord God, that he would strengthen her and keep her going strong, Lord God, as well, Lord God. We just pray that you continue to use Brother Rick in their lives, that you bring other uh, believers into their lives to bear witness as well, Lord God, that they just would not be able to escape it, Lord God, but have to confront the reality of the living and true God, that their Messiah has come, and that his name is Jesus, and that they need him his salvation. They need us. They need this Savior. So, Lord God, we just pray that you woo them, draw them to you, and that they would be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, uh, for your good question, and uh, do some more study on that scripture there. Uh, it's very enlightful, insightful as well. Amen. Thank you very much. You got it. All right, Gary. Looks like we have about a, a two minutes. We can two minutes. Yep. Next uh, caller and find out what their question is, and then we'll try to address it. And we look like we got a lineup of good questions here tonight. So. All right. So we're going to go to. I believe CC is holding on. Brother CC, yes. how you doing? Uh, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed. Truly blessed. Look like you are miles away. From the phone, can you come up a little bit closer? Uh, I'm actually right. I'm right. I'm at, I'm right by it. Now oh, you're right. you're better now, now. Now we're on equal ground right now. Amen. Yeah. Good to hear your voice, brother. And uh, what's on your mind tonight? What question you have? And uh, we will listen to what you have to a- uh, ask us. And then uh, when we come back from the commercial break, we'll uh, address that uh, question. I was wondering if you could extrapolate on a doctrine of original sin. Okay, so your CC is asking a question about uh, my thoughts on the doctrine of original sin. That's a very good question, and uh, a lot of people are curious about that. They're wondering about that. Some Christians don't know how to answer it, uh, and then... Uh, Some answer it, and they answer it the wrong way. Well, we're going to try to equip people tonight to answer it the right way. All right, Brother Gary, I'll give it to you, and we'll uh, wait for the... uh, We will keep the listening audience in suspense until we get back from the commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry, and especially all of you who have partnered with us financially over the years to keep this ministry on the air. It costs us 400 a week to uh, do this show. And uh, right now we're happy to report that we are completely caught up, but we want to stay caught up and in the black. So we need your prayers and we need your consistent financial support. In addition to that, we also have all of our programs, our, our series on the Trinity is part of a podcast that you can listen to at no charge. It's on kfax.com. So any of the messages that you've heard on the air are there. And so you can get caught up or tell your friends about it or talk to your pastor or use them for Bible studies in your church or at home. Uh, It's a great resource. So we want to encourage you to check that out. It's on kfax.com. You'll see it up in the banner uh, regarding contending for the faith. It's our podcast. It's all set up there uh, for you to use. So we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, first way is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. That's P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Again, just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, we better get back to our callers because I see they're stacking up. We want to have time to, to uh, entertain all of them. So let's get with Cece. Amen. Uh, Brother Cece, uh, yes, let me, uh, are you there? I'm going to make sure you're there. Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, very good, very good. Well, let me give you a little bit of history on the concept of the word original sin. Um, because once in church at one time said, he that know, doesn't know the past is destined to repeat it. And I go a step further and say, destined to repeat it ignorantly. So the whole concept of original sin uh, was not a word in the Bible per se. It was a word that was developed by uh, St. Augustine. Uh, and he developed that uh, position uh, that uh, everyone is born uh, in sin. Uh, and that, uh, and it's, and so, uh, what happened from there that the Roman Catholic Church, uh, also picked up that, uh, doctrine. Now, uh, St. Augustine was a, uh, North African theologian, uh, and, uh, from, uh, Hippo, and he, uh, developed this doctrine around in the third century. Uh, and so, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, picked up this this position, and they say that um, uh, everyone is born in sin, including babies. And that's one of the reasons why they sprinkle today, because if a baby in the Catholic Church doesn't get sprinkled, then they can be lost as well. Now, I believe that everyone that comes into the world uh, is... It is born uh, into uh, sin uh, and the potential of sin. I like to put it that way, with the potential to sin, 
even though they haven't sinned, but we have a nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve that gives us the potential to sin. Now, the reason why I uh, say that is because if you were to look at uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 9, Romans uh, 7 and verse 9, uh, the uh, Apostle Paul is really talking about his childhood. And, uh, and this, this is exclusively refer- referring to his childhood. There's no other way around it. So in Romans uh, 7 and 9, he says, For I was alive without the law once. But when, but when the commandments came, sin uh, revived and I died. So when was he alive apart from the law? Let's ask that rhetorical question. Well, he wasn't alive apart from the law when he was a Pharisee because uh, the law uh, condemned him. And then he wasn't alive apart from the law when 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 he was a Christian, uh, because when you're a Christian, you are dead to sin. So what is this time when he's alive apart from the law? It was when he was a child. In other words, the the law could not touch him and hold him accountable when he was a child because uh, God has mercy upon children. And, uh, you know, that's why Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. And you remember when David uh, had sinned with Bathsheba and his, uh, uh, their first son had died, uh, he went on and David said, I'm going to be with him. In other words, he went on to be with the Lord and he said, I'm going to be with him one day as well. And so, uh, so the whole concept of this thing uh, of uh, a children being, uh, you know, like sinners to the point of death, and they got to be sprinkled. Well, no, because God shows mercy upon children, and you you have to be uh, careful with uh, the Roman Catholic Church because uh, they get into a lot of what they call extra cathedral. An extra cathedral means that they can receive different revelations from the different popes. Uh, and so uh, it's an oxymoron in the sense that, you know, uh, we all are sinners. But when a child comes into the world, they're going to sin. But God doesn't hold them accountable until they reach the age of accountability. And that's why children are under the grace of God when it comes to original sin, and there is no need to have them to be sprinkled. There's no need to it. And I, and I, and I quote Romans 7 and 9 as a powerful verse to that. And I think every Christian should really study that verse and, and absorb themselves into it in relationship to children. So hopefully that's giving you some insight and some helpful points around it. That gave me a lot right there, man. That's that's some that's some um, really valuable information you share, especially that one in um, you said in Romans seven nine because I never heard it. I never heard that taught before, apart from you. Oh yeah, that's a powerful scripture. And uh, when I was mentored under Walter Martin, who was my uh, Bible teacher, uh, we learned a lot of stuff 
And uh, I've been doing ministry now for 50 years. And uh, he was my mentor. He went on the bill with the Lord. But uh, I remember being mentored by him in this area. So I'm mentoring others from the great teaching that I learned from a great Bible teacher. So anyway, do you have any prayer requests? We're going to try to get to a couple more calls. we got two more callers and very little time left. So Yeah, so let's get to your prayer requests real quick, and then we uh, get to the two other callers. Okay, I'll just keep it simple. Just pray for me and my family, Rosalinda, and lift up entertainers and people that, that are outside the entertainment business. All right. Well, appreciate that, CC, and your question as well, Brother Gary. Yes, and Lord, we just lift up CC and his mother and family, Lord God, Rosalinda. We pray for them that you would meet their needs, strengthen them, and encourage them, as well as those who are uh, working in the entertainment industry. There's so many people there that need you, just like we needed you. And we just pray that you put people in their path that would share the gospel, that would share your truth, and that they would come into a saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, CC. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you guys. You're hey, you too. Uh, let's go to Catherine real quick. Uh, Catherine, how you doing? Are you there, Catherine? Or did we lose Catherine? I don't know. Okay. It looks like we uh, lost right. uh, Catherine. Hopefully she'll call in another day. She got a good question on the Catholic Church that we prayed to Mary. Okay, let's go to Sophia. Sophia, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Um, I'll be yeah. very quick. Might have to go another time to finish it. But as a Catholic church, is probably prominent tonight. A friend of mine is a Catholic. So reading John um, 10, uh, John, um, yes, John 10, 30, 26, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. But throughout the Bible, like when the Jews were fed the bread, which fed the, the five thousand, you know they see uh, they see things, miracles, but they still don't believe. So my question is, my friend said, "Well, no, you know it's Satan. Just like when Satan tempted Eve, um, you'll be like God if you eat this. You'll have his knowledge." So my question is, she was saying how the only way you get rid of sin is to you get an exorcist because it's demon-possessed, and then the demon comes in and takes it out because all sin comes from Satan. It's not man's free will. And so I'm very confused. So it's a big question, but and I'm kind of leaving things out, but for the sake of the speed of today, that's, that's what I want to understand. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Well, you, you have to separate the, the perspective of that there's three enemies. And when people generally just focus on one enemy that's satan then they they limited themselves from the totality of scripture in -hmm. other words we have the enemy of uh the the flesh Mm -hmm. the world and satan and the flesh is something that we inherited from adam and eve and so we're all sinners because it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god so a, a person who is a sinner is not necessarily possessed it's you become possessed when you give in to the enemy and you allow him to take over your mental faculties and most people are not possessed i mean it's a it's a rare thing that happened most people are dominated by sin uh, and that's not so much satan as much as it is satan trying to lure you and and tempt you to sin so that's what he wants to do. So when you give into sin, 
is Satan tempting you to do it, but it doesn't mean that you are possessed okay. uh, unless you are messing around with things on a consistent basis like Ouija boards and tarot cards and uh-huh. you into the outcome, you open up the door towards many different demons coming in. I think when you're dealing with most people, they are uh, controlled by Satan, and, uh-huh. but they're not necessarily uh, possessed where they've lost their complete faculties. Uh-huh. Uh, but they are uh, possessed because if you don't have the, the, the possession of God's spirit in you, then you uh-huh. have the spirit of the enemy in you. But that doesn't mean necessarily that you are demon possessed. There's a lot of people that's more flesh controlled than demon controlled. And, and uh, so that's an enemy in and of itself because we inherited that nature from Adam and Eve. So we have the attributes of Christ in us when we become a believer. And then we also have the attributes of Adam, the first Adam, and we also have the attributes of the second Adam. But um, so uh, when we get uh, control and we're walking in the spirit, then we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. But if uh-huh. you're walking in the flesh, uh-huh. uh, that as as a believer, then what's what's happening is that you are causing yourself to uh, lose out on the blessing of God, and you will be judged. But unbelievers, when they continue to walk in the flesh, and then uh, along with getting into occultic things uh-huh. and uh, worldly things, they can get to the point where they. Uh, even like people that are into devil worship, they uh, they can end up losing their mental faculties and they can get possessed. But most people uh-huh. are just controlled by Satan, but they're not necessarily possessed where they've lost their full faculties. I see. So we do have free will. I mean, you know, don't we have a choice? We can turn our back. Yeah, we have, we have free will that, uh, you know, because God has given us volitional choice and we have free will to say, no, and to say yes, uh-huh. and uh, God has implanted that in our spirits that we have free will. So, uh, you know, that's what He did with Adam and Eve. They gave Him free will, uh-huh. uh, but He also gives us, uh, puts us in a world of testing. There's no nobody uh, gets a degree without being tested to do schoolwork uh-huh. and uh, assignments, and God uh-huh. has put that tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden to test their faith and their loyalty and the test of oh. their will going to be locked into his will. That's why Jesus said, pray when you pray the disciples prayer, say our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy will, thy kingdom come. Our wills have to be locked up into his will. And we got to choose to do that. And if we do that with the full armor on, we have full protection against the enemy. How fabulous. Thank you so much, Dr. Bechtel. Boy, now I understand completely. So, you know, it, you can't just blame everything on Satan. We have a responsibility. We have a part in it. So, um, well, Gary, Gary Bell can really relate to that. Uh, when I first met him, I'll have him say some things in closing on this. When I first met Gary back in the 70s, he was really going through some things. And when I broke down to him, Romans chapter 7, Gary was a new man. Go ahead, Gary, take over and then bring it home. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Maybe you can call back earlier uh, next week and we can deal with this subject even further. Okay. Uh, but yeah, because there, there's so much to tell and that's a long story. 
Well, we'll all look forward to it, Brother Gary. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Uh, And so until, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you and happy Mother's Day to all the moms.